Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yeah, welcome back to the Overnight Crowd on SEN, across the SEN network and on the SEN app. And right now, we are joined in studio by Channel 9 News, Tom Marriott. G'day, mate. Gibbo, thanks for having me back, mate. No worries. Well, second week syndrome or second year syndrome is some things that people talk about in sport, but you're back here. Mate, after your first week, did you go home and you think, oh, okay, I've got to do this better or how can I be better for next time? It's like everything, mate. When you finish it, after you're doing, after interviewing NRL players, AFL players, you always come away with it thinking, oh, I wish I said that. Oh, I wish I could have asked that or been a bit quicker there. But um, no, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, as I said, thanks for, thanks for no, having me back. No worries, mate. It's like in cricket, I'll say, when you even play park footy and sometimes you're not as quick-witted as you should be. And there's a saying, you say you drop a ball or you put it into touch and someone's just spraying you. And you had the perfect comeback, but you had it three hours too late. It always burns. I write them down something. No, I don't. You don't? Oh, well, I mean, you got to re, re, uh, retell them. I've, yeah, I've sort of thought that I should start keeping a journal. Uh, <laughs> even here at work, like just when you hear a few things, like when Joel Kane talks footy or something Tim Sheen said, I thought, oh, I might as well just write that down because I feel like you just get so much information. I'm sure you'd be the same when most of it just goes out the door. Oh, mate, the notes app, the notes app in my iPhone is the most used app. I'll tell you what, there's. Stuff. Well, I'll look at it now, and I don't yeah. even know why I've written it in there, but it it, may, it meant something somewhere along the way. But um, yeah, as you said, well, we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, and we were chatting off air about cricket. You're, you're playing Sydney grade cricket at the moment. How's that? How's that been going for you? It's been good. It's been quite good. It's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a challenge. I probably haven't trained, you know, as much as I have. I'm just I'm in the good old uh, fours and fives, uh, plugging yeah. away down there with some mates. So. It's been That's pretty right. good. It'd be nice if the weather holds off for once well, in a while. I mean, yeah, for us, it seems like we might actually up in Sydney might get a good uh, a good weekend weather-wise, but down in Victoria, it looks like they're going to have they're a cop- dreadful oh, week. Are, I think they're copping what we've copped the last month. Oh, I mean, I think we, we could have even spoken about this last time around, but just for, like, kids' sports, even all sort of sport, it just must suck, especially oh. cricket because, you know, any sort of rain and the game's gone. Oh. Uh, Sound like I'm whinging, but especially the last two years, obviously with yeah. with the pandemic, and even the summer before that, in 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 terms of cricket, it was that terrible bushfire season in um in Sydney and New South Wales, and we lost a lot of weeks there too. But um, that's why we that's why we look at the pros; they get on more than we do. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and I guess if we're going to use that point, the cricket, the summer ahead, right? We've got the T20 World Cup, we've got the Big Bash, the Women's Big Bash, which kicked off tonight. Do you think? Do you think we're in some serious trouble of getting some really rain-affected matches over these next few months? I do, I do. I know they think um, they're starting that the, the T20 World Cup uh, this weekend, I think it is, or this yeah. week, uh, down in Victoria, down in Geelong. So I think hopefully the rain the rain will hold off there. But it definitely is. I mean, everyone says it always rains in the Sydney test. Yeah. They're trying to get, you know, other cities uh, want to take away that New Year's test because uh, they believe their cities never rains. Okay. Obviously, we see Brisbane and Perth miss out some years with 
yeah. with a test. So um, I think I think it'll it'll there's a bit of a feeling it'll clear up after Christmas pretty well. Okay. So well, fingers crossed. Here's hoping. And now big news broke tonight. Um, now now the big question here: the Big Bash introduced a player draft this year. There's obviously uh, play, the ratings were sort of down, crowd numbers were down. And, you know, Cricket Australia came up with, I think, some of their TV partners. They were going to introduce a Big Bash draft. Now, their number one player, Liam Livingston, who went to the Melbourne Renegades, and I'm sure we've got plenty of Renegades listening to this, it looks like he is going to miss a, miss a pretty big portion of that series. Uh, he's going to tour in, uh, Pakistan with England. But it begs the question, I don't know how well this player draft worked this year. Oh, well- you're right, Gib. I think. I mean, if you can't blame Livingston. You get no. caught up to the England squad for a Test series. You're gonna. It's, you gotta it's go. a no-brainer. But um, and especially, I think the Big Bash needs as as many big names. You know, it's it's has struggled in the past. Yeah. Crowd attendance, TV TV uh, viewership. So I think it needs all the help it can get. And to get one of the premier batsmen in the world, clearly because yeah. he's now playing for England, uh, to lose him. And there there was a bit of uh, there was a bit of chat around the draft and the way it was done. A few players. Uh, did almost didn't even know they were picked or didn't even know they were up for for selection and and others were left were left at the table waiting after without a club yeah um, so there's a bit of working out but I, I did like what they did putting it on TV that that for worked. sure yeah it was a good night like I, I like the even that you got to see the list managers and the and the coaches there trying to discuss why they pick certain players but it seems pretty clear from the start of that night that the coaches and the list managers they prioritize players with long availability so that's why your, your players like Dre Russell uh Faf Duplessis Kyron Pollard weren't picked at all and now if we're trying to bring bring the big names down to Australia these players are what we're looking for essentially well exactly right because I mean there was even talk with David with David Warner in yeah. terms of T20 cricket he had a conundrum where he was offered a lot of money I think it was to go play in the UAE yeah and cricket Australia kind of said hang on hang on we need you to we need you to play we need you to yeah. play the BBL um so as I said I think cricket Australia need as, as many big name players playing the BBL uh, in Australia yeah it seems look they need to sort of stem the tide here. Look, I love all sorts of cricket, and I hope that the Big Bash doesn't get lost in the you know the multiple leagues that are around the world, especially this year with the UAE League, the South African League. But it's going to be exciting. We'll see what happens. But I think, just the other, I think the BBL. They're really we saw with the draft putting it on TV. They they are trying to make it as much. The IPL is the standard. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And I think with. With, with international cricket scheduling the way it is, until we have a lot of Australians that go over to the IPL, do a great job, until we can get some some of the best Indian players yeah. in Australia, that'll sure. increase crowd numbers, that'll increase viewership. People yeah. will watch the BBL from other countries. Yeah. And I think uh, I think that's the key, but it's so hard with international Oh, it, like the TV dollars purely that would come from a few Indian players oh. playing out here. Like mm. I know Shikhar Darwin, I think he used to spend like quite a bit of his time in Melbourne, like players like that, but... You know, there's a plethora of Indian talent across the world. It'd be great to see some in the Big Bash. But look, looking ahead a little bit, there was reports again in News Court papers, I think by Ben Horn today, that Cricket Australia are looking at a clause to go in uh, players' contracts that can overturn long sanctions by good behaviour, a la the Dave Warner case. Now, where do you sort of stand on this Dave Warner leadership, I th- Ben? I think... I think it's time. I think at the at, at, in twenty eighteen after Sandpaper Gate, they did have to, they did have to sanction him. It's been what near, more than four years now since that yeah. incident in uh, in Cape Town. And I mean, given the state of one day cricket and, and I guess white ball cricket at the moment, 
Um, we've got Aaron Finch, who's retired from, from one-day cricket. Uh, who's to say that the T20 might, World Cup might not, might be his last tournament at all? Yeah. And then we haven't just got a big hole, you know, at the top of the order. We um we, we need a captain. So, I mean, Steve Smith, of course, is another candidate. He's tr- he's finding it hard to get into the T20 team himself. For sure. Um, so, I mean, who would have thought that four or five years ago? Well, Dave Warner is not only one of the premier T20 batsmen of all time. He, like, from what I sort of read, he is a like his leadership qualities go unnoticed. Like I know he, he even captained, he was captaining over in I, the IPL and he's done stuff here with the Sydney Thunder, but I, I sort of think it's a no brainer and I feel like we've moved on a little bit. Uh, and, and he has been embraced by the team more so and, and all the teams he plays in. So it, it sort of seems like a bit of a no brainer to me. Exactly. Mitch Marsh was speaking yesterday down in Canberra. He's saying, David, obviously he's been elite. He's been in the, in the setup for so long. He's a, He's more. He's the team manager, unofficial team manager off the field, organising golf trips for the boys, dinners, dinners when they're on tour, that kind of thing. So, and and he's got experience in the past. We know we yeah. know he had he had that input, and, and he has on he still has on field discussions, I guess, with Steve Smith and when, when Tim Payne was captaining. I just think it's the right time with all these leaders, Payne, Finch, older heads moving on. We've still got Warner, who in terms of form isn't going anywhere. He's yeah, you know, last year at the T Twenty World Cup, he. he you know, single-handedly, pretty much got Australia into into that semi-final with his performances through the through the tournament. Um, so I think I think it's time, and there's still a spot for him at the top of the order. Yeah, well, I guess like how long though? He's getting towards the back end of his career, and and you'd have to think a player who's in such hot demand like him, he'll probably play a couple of years around the T20 circuit. Like, where's our next generation of captain coming from? It's right now. It's not in the T20 side. I guess we're gonna have to look towards that in the 50-over format later this year. Well, Mitch Marshall was asked yesterday, you know, he was kind of egged on by one of the journalists, would you put your hand up? Because who's going to who's gonna do it? And um, Mitch said during that press conference that it wasn't something he'd ever thought about, even though I, I think he has captained uh, Scorchers yeah. teams in the past and yeah. um, state teams growing up. But um, no, I think you're right. They're... they're it's 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 something that's going to come to a head pretty quickly, and they need to they need to figure it out because, as you say, well, I mean we're we're sorted for this T Twenty World Cup. Yeah, Finch Finch will captain there, um, and we should say we should say what their strongest eleven is too when when they when they wrap up the series against England, and then I think they've got a couple of warm up games. Yeah, but beyond in terms of white ball cricket, beyond uh, this World Cup, it's it's all a bit up in the air. Yes, yeah, so I think we've got an English series on our on our shores in the fifty over format, but. Of course, there's plenty of cricket to go under the bridge. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, look, the usually there's a clear pick and there's a succession plan. It was banded about that perhaps Pat Cummins will take over. But I feel like in this day and age of, uh, like, workload, like trying to reduce workload across the board, I, I don't see how our test captain and who, who had – you know, he had injuries growing up. Whether or not he can be a cross-format captain remains to be seen. But you mentioned the uh, T20. How can, he do, how can he do it? He, oh, he, he couldn't do it. If, no. Because he, he's not playing every T20, every one day. You, yeah. you'd, you want him to play every test match, obviously. But um, it's, it's another big year next year. We've got the one-day World Cup, the Ashes yeah. in England. So, no, I, I don't think he's, – he's in the best T20 team for sure. And you'd yeah. think he's going to play most games this World Cup. Um, but I don't think you can name him captain. Yeah, so look, I guess we're going to have to wait to see who who's going to be sort of running front for the captaincy in the white ball format. But look, we'll give it to Aaron Finch for this tournament, and, and hopefully we can lead him through. Now, we've, we're coming off the back of a couple of poor performances, some rusty performances against the Poms. 
But the big question, and it's surprising that this is the question that people are asking now, uh, it looks like we're deciding between uh, Steve Smith and Tim David for that last sort of spot in the Aussie batting lineup. Where do you, where do you sit on all this? Well, that's, I mean, Tim David's proved himself around yeah. the world in the past. He's putting some great innings in, in T20 tournaments around the world. Um, and as I said, who would have thought Steve Smith would be fighting to, to stay in the team, to, to, to become, stay a batter in, a, in any, in any Australian team. Um, so, I mean, we, we know three of the opponents for Australia's group games, which, which start next weekend against New Zealand, at the SCG. Um, and then two of them will be decided, uh, for that qualifiers group yeah. played down in starting in Victoria this weekend. But I honestly think, I think last looking back, obviously Australia, the defending champions yep. coming into it from, from last year in the, in, uh, the middle East. And I think. They, I don't think they shocked themselves, but they've said they've said previously that they were they of course won that that uh, dramatic semi final against Pakistan. Yeah, uh, Matty Wade got them into the final and um, and then beat the Kiwis. But I think they they kind of mentioned that during the tournament they were they lost to England by quite an amount, and they kind yep. of said from that moment on something clicked, and uh, they they went on a roll and, and claimed the trophy. I think. The pressure's on them this oh, for sure. at home. The pressure's on them. Well, you see it across any sport. You know, once the premiers become premiers and everyone uh, gets up to play against them. Like, if you're looking at that, so David Warner's not going anywhere. And and this, this the next guy, Aaron Finch, like, look, obviously he's the captain, but he hasn't, I think he, he's made a couple of scores against India. He hasn't had the best time with the bat. Look, he's uh, there's question marks around him. But the fact that Cameron Green isn't in the squad and he was he was opening for Australia, look, it seems to be he's going to be cemented there. Mitch Marsh, you spoke yesterday. He spoke down in Canberra. His position's pretty much stable. Glenn Maxwell is another one with big question marks around. So Marcus Stoinis, he proved his worth last night with the ball. Do you think Cameron Green should be in the World Cup squad? Well, it seems to me that that squad is set. And regardless, with injury, then someone's going to get in. Do I think Cameron Green? No. I mean, again, he's a young man who's going to play a lot of cricket in his time. But Mitch Marsh has got runs on the boards. He's a champion. Marcus Stoinis has proved to be one of the better white ball cricketers in this country. Now, Tim David obviously hasn't done so much for Australia because he's only played a handful of games but it's the strike rate though like even last night it was 40 runs off 23 balls now that is why he's in the team right what about Maxwell what does he do he struggled the last yeah I think like his last 10 t20 innings he's kind of hasn't scored under 20 or 30 yeah does, but is he just one of those players you have to pick because what he can do well but how many how many of these players do we need in one team but, like you look down you look down the list like all these guys have got x-factor right but you can't have them all in the team, right? Steve Smith, you, you'd think he's a player who, if he gets on top of any opposition, no matter what sort of game situation it is, your team wins. I just don't think. I just don't think he scores quick enough. I think yeah. there's been there's been internationals in the past couple of years ago where Australia was chasing the game, and I just don't think he gave them that that power, that that that, that speed, you know, rotating the strike, that kind of thing that, that they needed. He didn't have the boundaries essentially too. Yeah, he just didn't have enough boundaries. So. Well, I mean, I guess it's a good headache to have. And we're having these headaches before the tournament starts. Uh, I think it's 22nd of October, New Zealand take on Australia. And New Zealand just seem to, whenever they ever have to play Australia in a match that sort of matters, they just crumble. And they've been scratchy. They've been playing uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh at the moment. But look... I think it's a real it's a real free hit for them at the SCG next weekend. Yeah, you're right. They do they crumble. If we go back to the ODI World Cup, the yeah. final in 2015, the final of the T20 World Cup last year, last year, 
and and whenever they come to Australia, you're right. Even during the test summer a couple of years ago, they just they almost didn't show up. So it's going to be, as I think for them, it's a free hit. And I actually, oh, I'm a bit worried about that game because yeah. then Australia plays England. Yeah, which we know what they can do to us. Uh, Beaten us pretty much most games, bar I think once last year at the World Cup. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, no, and 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 so if Australia come out of that zero and two, we're yeah. in we're in real trouble. And I believe I, oh, this is wrong, and I shouldn't sort of stretch my knowledge. I think we might be playing Afghanistan as well. Yep. Who's yep. the other players? Yep. And you know they're a wild card. Well, they're you never hundred percent, and they, and they qualified directly because of how well they played uh, in last year's his last year's tournament. So I mean you. We should be beating Afghanistan clearly, absolutely, and then we'll get two qualifiers. And I believe, I believe one of the qualifiers could be Sri Lanka, yeah, because they missed out really bad last season. So there's another, you know, unknown quantity. So look, it's all in front of us. I'm pretty excited for the T20 World Cup. I don't even think last year to be. I didn't pay much attention to it, but now that Australia's won and now that we are the champs, I want to see us do well. And look, even there's a few question marks around our bowling. Look, Mitchell Stark, he's sort of when he was bowling last night was a bit puzzling. But look, there's another game later tonight that obviously you can hear on SEN. And of course, all the um, the World Cup you can hear across the SEN network and on the SEN app. But uh, Tom, being in the Sydney newsroom, especially at Channel 9, there is one massive story of the last 24 hours. And uh, it, it sort of took me by surprise. Uh, it, Des Hasler, the Manly Warringah Seagulls coach, he was sacked sensationally from the club with with a year to go on his contract. Now, I know you you are a Bulldogs fan, so Des Hasler spent some time there. But what's your initial reaction to the news? Well, I don't think anyone – I think people in and around the club and obviously love their Seagulls knew stuff wasn't right. Obviously, the back end of the season, they, they did fall away really badly whatever reasons you may have for that, you know, everyone can put them forward. But I don't think anyone thought Des was going to go this quickly no. uh, before before the end of the year. He had he had a deal in place for next year. Um, and then it was quickly, quickly became told that he was, he wasn't wanted in 2024. Um, so I think Des has kind of thought, oh, well, it's, I think it's time uh, for best uh, for both parties to, uh, to part ways. Um and the word is, I don't, he hasn't been officially announced yet, but I believe Anthony Seabold yeah. has got the job uh, for, for next season. Yeah, I, it was such a puzzling decision. And uh, Manly are a pretty proud club for our listeners across the country. They've won various premierships, even in the last 20 years. And Des Hasler's been the matriarch of that family. But the other thing is, another club legend a few years ago, Jeff Toovey, who was a premiership winner at that club, they sort of turfed him out now. Now they're pretty much turfing Des Hazler out. I, I, you know, you know, clubs talk about and the Bulldogs talk about this is like DNA at a football club, and Des is a huge part of that. Uh, they obviously lost Bob Fulton, who is an immortal and you know a club legend at Manly. He lost him to death, unfortunately. But look, it's question marks over what direction this club's going in. Now they've got the superstar in the game. Last year's Dalian medal winner. Uh, Tommy Trebojevic. Now there's chat around that he's going in for a meeting tomorrow around his future at the club. I think that's all hogwash. I think I think obviously it's significant, and I think it, Tommy's just doing his due diligence, as yeah. they say. They, yeah. He just wants to know what's happening. Obviously, 
his brother Jake Daly, other big big leaders of the club. They're in the UK at the moment playing for the Kangaroos. So I think Tommy just wants to, to figure out what's happening. He, uh, we did report on Nine News last night that he he did contact his manager and yep. just wants to have chats. He hasn't he doesn't want to leave yet. He hasn't yep. spoken about leaving. He just he's just got concerns and he wants wants to know what what's going on. Obviously, we've we've heard for a few months now that that's str- that so called struggle between power at the Seagulls between the, the Fulton side and, and Desi Hasler. Yeah. Um, it seems like Desi's yet yeah, Des- Desi's had to go. Well, I guess again it's all uh, wait and see in this game of rugby league. But Desi Hasler was at Canterbury Bulldogs, your club, your club that you like, married. Um, how did he leave it? Because they they got to a, a grand final there, didn't they? And then following that, they had a pretty few lean years. I think he when he came, and I was I was probably only a teenager, so I probably don't know everything about when he came. But they, they made two grand finals in three years. Yeah. Um. One of those grand finals, they I mean they they could have they could have quite easily won both. Obviously, if stuff happens differently, but one of the 2014 decided was obviously South's yeah. South's famous drought breaker. Um, and then they lost to the Storm in 2012. So they had a really good period. And I think Desi, he kind of, at that stage, he, he made a few decisions in terms of players. Damian Cook was one that the dogs let go. I mean, that's all in hindsight now, obviously. But I think he was he was topping up topping up instead of maybe rebuilding and going again midway, you know, trying to yeah. trying to improve. He, he, he thought the window was there. And he, yeah. we had three great years. Um, and and. Could have easily had two premierships in three years, and then everyone, you know, and then I mean, Desi's record? He's won two, yeah. two manly premierships as a, man, as a manly coach. He won two as a player. I think it's it's a sad day for Seagulls fans, and I think they're gonna just. I think most of them just have to accept that the club, the club's taken that decision. There's a lot of anger directed at the, the owners, in particularly Scott Penn, who's also yeah. the chairman of the club. Um, and he, but he thinks, and obviously Des has lost. Des had lost uh, Chad Randall, one of his assistants. To the Bulldogs, he's gone yeah. with Cameron Serrato to start at the Dogs with under Gus. So, the two clubs, yeah, they, they've had a lot of uh, you know relations yeah. in the past. Well, the question is going forward now is who is going to be the man to unite this club? Because regardless of who the coach is, it was a fractured club through this year. You could tell that by watching their games in the last seven rounds. Uh, so, whoever, whoever that new coach is, which it's looking like to be Anthony Seabold. His assistants are going to have to come in there and unite that footy club. Daly Cherry Evans has got probably a couple of years left, but they've got a superstar in Tommy Trebojevic. They've got some good young kids coming through. So, look, all hope isn't lost. And I think I think Seagulls fans, it does hurt now, but as you say, Tommy Turbo, you know, he, all, all going well. He'll be back round one. I know yeah. it's sport, you know, winning fixes everything. Exactly right. And and it's it's no it's no blight on the other players. Tommy, when he's fit and playing, he makes everyone else play better yeah. around him. And they're a completely different side yeah. with, with Tommy there. And um round one he, he should be good to go. Well, going back to some more on the field rugby league stuff, mate, this weekend the rugby league world cup kicks off over in England. Uh the first match will be England versus Samoa now. I don't know how often you'll ever have read this, but England are outsiders and it's Samara quite short in the first match. If you're going to watch any 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 game without Australia in it, this I think the opener is the one to watch. I think they yeah. sold that stadium up there in Newcastle out. It's a wow. St James. St James, yeah, yeah, yeah. So where Newcastle United play football, yeah, the Premier League, um, they they've sold that out. I think so. There's about sixty thousand tickets. It's going to be massive. And as you say, that Samoa team, yeah, star sided. But can they can they play as a team? Exactly right. And. and I guess the best part about that for them is they're going to have plenty of that Penrith flavour in the team. You've got Jerome Luai there. You've got Tungo. You've got Crichton. 
You got Toto, so there's there's plenty of players in that side, and 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 we all know they're great players individually and, f- yep. and for their clubs. But yep. There's a lot of talk about the coaching situation. Obviously, Matt Parrish has still got the job, but it's you know Samoa Rugby League obviously put their trust and faith in him. Uh, the Johns brothers obviously put their hands up. Sonny Bill Williams wanted to get involved. Yeah, uh, none of that has happened, I believe, so far. But um. Matt Parry, oh, everyone's going to be looking at Samoa this oh, tournament because sure. if they shock England, then that's massive. Well, the thing is, though, with these Pacific Island teams, usually there hasn't been any expectation. So they no. can come up. Like the, the last match I think Australia played was against Tonga. And that, that game, they had no expectations. Like usually what happens is it's a close game. It's a close game. There's a bit of an arm wrestle. But, you know, usually the tier one teams just go over the top. And it's still everyone's still fun because the crowds are loving it. Like they're just happy to be there where – this time round, Tonga are a dark horse, and Samoa have never had a team like this. They've got players who've played in big games, but you mentioned taking these players out. Like, that Penrith side, when you moved half of it to New South Wales, it was a series they couldn't lose, and what, that, what happened? They lost. That's so, it. Well, and, and you say – and that, and that said, I'm, I'd say they're individuals, obviously, but I guess there are a lot of those Panthers players playing for the, the Samoa side. You've got yeah. Luai, Crichton, uh, To'o, yeah. Tongo, so – um, it remains to be seen. They did struggle, yeah. obviously, in the blue jersey, but uh, see how they go in the Samoa. Well, yeah, so Samoa taking on England this weekend, and then Australia will open up their campaign. Now, we didn't talk about this last time around, but what did you what did you make of the squad numbers? Oh, there was a lot of outrage, even in yeah. our newsroom. Everyone, we, oh, really? we couldn't really understand it. Yeah. And I think it was I, – I was originally under the impression it was an international rugby league kind of rule regulation yeah. said you, you need, but it's not, it's up to, it was, so it was up to the ARL. They decided yeah. this is the way we'll go. Teddy, I guess, fittingly in number one, because yeah. he's the captain. And then, um, and yeah, there they went in, in terms of caps, wasn't it? In terms yeah, of yeah. So I, I think, and then because there were so many debutants, because Australia haven't played for very long. I think there was like 13, oh, I could be wrong, even yeah, more. 13, and then it went to just uh, in alphabetical order. So yeah, I, I, Matty John spoke last week on the SEN Network and he was speaking about how, how, how much he cherished the number six jersey for Australia because he was obviously playing behind a lot of greats who had come before him. Now, there are going to be blokes who like Latrell Mitchell, number eight jersey. Running it up. Running it up. <laughs> so, look, yeah, but Australia playing up against Fiji, uh, all the Penrith and Parramatta, or all the uh, Penrith players, because there's only three of them in the side, uh, they have been rested for this first match. But, look, yeah, it's going to be a smasher, you'd think. And one of the talk, big talking points was who who would start exactly halfback. Right. Daly Cherubins, of course, the victorious Maroons halfback, or Nathan Cleary, who won the NRL premiership with the Panthers. They've given it – I think it's the right thing to give it to Daly first. Yeah, incumbent. Incumbent, um, former captain, I think, of the Kangaroos in the past as well. And yeah. the fact that he wasn't named a vice-captain, I think that kind of uh, – Isaiah Yeo and Cameron yeah. Murray uh, forwards were named vice-captains co's under James Tedesco. I think everyone kind of thought, oh, hang on. Nathan Cleary might be closer to the seven than we thought. So, uh, Mal Meninga, the coach, he has given Cleary uh, given he 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 will play Nathan Cleary in that in that second game. Yeah. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Well, uh, just quickly, who do you who would you take in? Uh, when we have a full strength, it looks like it's going to be a semi against New Zealand. Who are you starting seven? That's the gap. Oh, I think I think Daly at this stage. Yeah. It could it, it it probably will change considering how they go in the group stages. You'd think they'd breeze through the groups. The group, the group rounds, the toughest, yeah. the toughest test is that game against Fiji. Yeah, uh, uh, this weekend. So I think, I think it's Daily Cherry Evans. And Mao spoke about the um, 
I guess we've got Teddy at the back, who's a New South Wales player, but Munster, Munster at six yeah. and nine, likely to be start either Ben Hunt or Harry Grant. Yeah. So and and they'll rotate for sure. So there are a lot of Maroons, Maroons in that side. Well, if Cleary even gets the nod at seven, uh, Daly Cherry Evans started his State of Origin career off the bench. Sure. So at a pinch, he could sort of play there. I know, but Ben Hunt is a starting nine for Queensland. But look, there's so many different combinations and so much versatility. Yeah, I mean, we've, you've got blokes that can play all all positions. Valentine Holmes, I think he's going to yeah. start in the centres. We know anyway. where he can play. Yeah. Matty Burton, I think, has been named 18th man. Yeah, we know where he can play. He's won a premiership playing centre. Um, so I think that was the key in a long six week tournament. Yeah, where injuries could easily happen. Easily, and you know everything else going on in the north, you know, in England, it, it, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, look, it's remains to be. It is going to be one of the most watched World Cups, and it's probably one of the most evenly matched. But I, I just think it's going to be funny to see how Australia goes up against these minnows because look, they're probably going to beat most of them quite well. And do you really learn much of who should be playing where when it's effectively a training run? Well, that's right. As you said, the the tournament. Tournament starts in the, in that semi final. I think the quarter final could be against a, a Papua New Guinea or yeah. Wales. Yeah. Uh, from 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 the Group D. Um, but I believe that that the semi final time, and then yeah. obviously it could be any one of England, Tonga, Samoa in the uh, in the in the final. Well, Tommy, look, it's all to look forward to. But uh, mate, thank you for popping in again. Thanks for having me. And I've uh, you've got the week off now. I have. I've taken some annual leave. I was um. I think I'm just going to relax. I'm going to relax. relax. Yeah. If the rain clears, it will be yeah. a great decision and uh, we'll get on the field this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, thanks for having me, Gibber. No worries. Well, yeah, thanks for popping by, mate. And um, we'll chat soon. Chat soon. All right. You are listening to the Overnight Crowd on SEM. Plenty more just around the corner. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.